0: You can look at whatever it is that you do in life. One of the luxuries is not feeling completely tired. One of the luxuries is being able to take a great big breath. Now, if you are a singer and you sing professionally, not feeling tired and being able to take that great big deep breath those those are kind of key and we've heard so many different stories about what COVID-19 has done to the lives of so many people well we are joined right now by Wendy Heal and Wendy has been suffering from long COVID long haul COVID even the name of it has changed but What you deal with when you have it really hasn't. And Wendy is a patient at the post-acute COVID-19 program at St. Joseph's Healthcare in London. Wendy, thanks for being here. How are you?
1: I'm I'm fine, thank you. Thanks very much for this opportunity.
0: Well, we appreciate you being able to share your story. Where does your story begin? Take us back.
1: So I was, uh, I knew I was sick with COVID December 20th. Uh, because my son and his girlfriend had it. And I stayed at home for the first 11 days, although I was under the care of the uh, Lux Clinic at LHSC. And then December 31st, I was admitted to Victoria. Uh, And that's where my week-long stay at a COVID unit uh, took over. I was really sick by the time I got in there on December 31st.
0: Wendy, how did you know that, okay, this is different? Because you'll hear stories of, oh, I'll I'll just I'll stick it out, or I would stick it out, or, you know, it, it's difficult to sometimes understand what makes you say, no, I've got to go to the hospital. What was that for you?
1: So actually, it was a doctor. Because I was participating with the Luxury Clinic, I was in a virtual care program, and I had to send in, they had given me a SAT meter to put on my finger to measure my oxygen levels. And I had to send in that stat and uh, temperature and pulse rates uh, four times a day. And uh, gradually the oxygen level kept going down. And on the morning of the 31st, I got a call from the woman who was managing the program. And she said to me, uh, did you make a typo on your fat levels? I said, no, that's, that's what it is. Now, by this time, I'm laying flat. I can't really move in bed. And in two minutes, I got a call from Dr. Marco Brada saying, I've ordered an ambulance for you. I'm not sure where you're going. I'll find you a bed. And that's how I ended up in Victoria. I really had no idea that low sat levels could lead to organ damage and things like that. I hadn't ever gone that far in my life. So I really didn't understand how important the numbers were.
0: Wendy Hill joining us. Wendy is dealing with long COVID, long-haul COVID. How do you refer to it, Wendy?
1: I call it long COVID. Um, it, it, I, you know, you used to call call people who suffered like me long haulers, but I think it changed when they started calling it long COVID because it really is the disease that's causing the problem. It's not that, you know, we, we haven't been able to do the things that we need to do to recover. Um, without this program at St. Joe's, where I was referred after, um, I think I was referred there in February, Um, that's when I realized how important it was to have guidance, because I was doing all sorts of things wrong.
0: You were doing things wrong? What were you doing wrong?
1: So I figured, when I left hospital, I remember thinking, okay, I'm I'm a healthy woman, I had no uh, underlying conditions or anything, I should be fixed in two months. I'll give myself two months, which is what they told me when I left the hospital. And then it kept getting worse and worse and what I was trying to do was trying to move like I used to. was trying to do the things that I was used to doing around the house or um, going out and walking. I I was a long-distance walker. I would walk 5 to 10K four times a week. I couldn't even walk down the stairs. And uh, my My trying to do it was actually making things worse because I was pushing through to exhaustion. You know, when we used to exercise, that's what they say, you know, push through it, push through it, which was the exact opposite of what I needed to be doing with COVID.
0: We're talking right now with Wendy Heal, who has long COVID, diagnosed in December, ended up going to the hospital December 31st. Wendy, how frightening was it to be admitted to the hospital having heard other stories?
1: I I was frankly terrified because I knew that that meant I had a very serious, severe case of the disease. And I really, at that point, could not breathe well on my own. I felt like I was drowning all the time. I I talk about uh, how it feels when you jump into a pool and you get water in your up your nose and in your throat and you're coughing and hacking trying to clear it so you can breathe. I couldn't clear it. I couldn't take a deep breath. I couldn't even take a shallow breath easily. And it became more and more painful just to try to breathe. Um, it was a very scary thing to be admitted to a COVID unit. And I, I, I really felt sorry for the people who were working there. It quickly became very clear that it was extremely hard emotional work for all the staff on that floor. I, they just... And they kept seeing people die no matter what they were doing. Um, it was very uh, it was very scary. And yet I knew that I had to be there. That was the only place that could help me. Um, and as I gradually got worse in that week, I did end up having a discussion with the uh, senior doctor on my team about ventilators. Uh, that would be the next step if my inflammatory markers didn't improve. I was going to be put on a vent and... Um, Believe me, that's a scary conversation you never want to have.
0: Fortunately for you, those markers did improve. However, COVID is not gone. Wendy, what are the symptoms that you are still dealing with?
1: So I am still dealing with fatigue, which is not just being tired. Fatigue means that all of a sudden your legs won't work. You have to sit down. You you really can't do anything. It stops you. Your body stops you, just like the emergency braking system on a car that we have now. It just says, no, that's it, done. You stop. And, you know, you quickly become aware that you don't want to be too far from a chair or from a bed or something like that. Um, At one point, I had started walking, and I got about half a block. And I had to, I kind of collapsed down to the curb and had to sit there for a while um, until I could recover. So fatigue is the worst. I still have um, brain fog and some memory problems. Everything is better, but I'm still not finished with it. And I also had some speech difficulties. So the last person to join my team was a speech language pathologist. And she was the one, she was the first person I, I mentioned that I really was afraid I was never going to be able to sing again because I couldn't take a deep breath. Uh my diaphragm was kind of shot. It was a muscle that had felt like it disappeared. I couldn't contact it anymore. And um I there was no way I could hold a note or, or a pitch even in a song. And um she was the one who brought me back. She showed me the exercises I need to do, which I did religiously. And and the O T and the P T helped me with the uh mental fatigue. And cognition problems, as well. Giving me exercises to do things to practice to try to uh, rebuild those neural pathways. And I think so.
0: It affected you that much that it actually affected your ability to speak.
1: Yes, I couldn't find the words. I would be hesitant, almost, almost as if I had a stutter. But nothing would come out. And I had to learn that I knew what I knew what the word was, but I couldn't get it to my mouth. So one of the exercises they they taught me was to get a picture of it. If I can get a picture of what I'm trying to talk about, describe the picture, You know, the shape, the color, maybe the use, and then I would gradually work my way to the Word. Um, It wasn't just like walking into a room and forgetting why you went there, or forgetting the name of a person you had just been uh, introduced to. It was way, way deeper than that. And and actually as the days wore on in the afternoons it was just too exhausting to speak. Um, so I had to practice talking again, using wow. my voice, using my diaphragm and my, my lungs, trying to improve their condition so that I could get back to any semblance of normalcy. Now, of course, I'm not normal now but I'm way better than I was in the beginning.
0: Wendy Hill with us. COVID-19, long hauler, or sufferer from long COVID patient at the post-acute COVID-19 program at St. Joseph's Healthcare in London. You've referred to the program itself. How key has it been to have the guidance of that post-acute COVID-19 program?
1: It was the most important thing for me. I I had so many different members on my team. I had a respirologist and a neurologist and speech therapy and occupational therapy and a speech-language pathologist and a psychologist and they were all on a team, so they all talked about my case. Every one of them, every time I went to an appointment, would say, okay, I see, see you've done this with the doctor, or I've seen what you did with the OT and how's that going, that sort of thing. They all participated in my care. And I cannot imagine how I ever would have recovered to the state that I am now without their help and their guidance. And And one important thing that I got from them was reassurance that, Yes, it was going to take time, but if you do the things that we're asking you to do, you will improve. And when I first went into the program, I thought, oh, gee, am I going to be like this for the rest of my life? And now I know that I don't have to be like I was six months ago.
0: Yeah. And months you're ago. feeling that. That's, that's, that's kind of something you do feel improvement.
1: Absolutely. I can I can actually quantify it. Um, in some of the things that i that I do, and I still still towards the end of a day, I might uh, you know lose my energy and and um, need some precious alone time just to recover and recoup my energy. Um, but I know now how to manage my energy levels they 've taught me how to plan uh, how to alternate an activity and rest um, even now. The amount of energy that I expend in an activity, whether it's a brain activity or a physical uh, exercise thing or movement, that same amount of time I will have to rest. So, depending on what's happening in my day, I knew I'd be talking to you for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. I just sat in a quiet room for 20 minutes to help. Oh, Wendy, we appreciate.
0: We appreciate you taking the time to do that because you have such an important story to hear. As as a last thing, when you think about the prospects of returning to singing, you're such a beautiful singer, to be able to do that again, what is that like?
1: It it fills my soul. I mean, even if I never perform again, to be able to sing, just, just sing anything, anywhere, anytime, is just such a natural part of my being, I can't imagine not being able to do it. And I was not able to do it for, for many months. And it's really only been the last month, actually, that I could sing a verse of a song that, um, any song that I used to use, used to sing. Um, and so that one verse has now become amazing to me. So now let's work on doing a verse in a chorus. And that's how I, I'm approaching it now.
0: Wendy, keep approaching it that way. Keep improving. Thank you so much for telling your story.
1: Thank you for giving me the opportunity.
0: All the best. Thank you. That's Wendy Heal, professional jazz singer, long COVID. There's the reality of it.